welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzare Financial Services. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. We are three days removed from Notre Dame Navy in San Diego, doing our podcast a little bit early here this week. And and um, Notre Dame, for the first time, somebody asked me, has Notre Dame ever played in San Diego? Not to my knowledge. I mean, I don't know whether, when they would have or why they would have or... Or right. who they would have played. This is about the I don't know, be my numbers crunching story on Saturday, but like the tenth different venue for Notre Dame Navy in San Diego is a unique one. Certainly, night game. Don't know why they're doing that, but we'll <laughs> the same reason everything's at night. Yes. Television. Yes. Did we talk about Northwestern being at night? We're we'll talk to. about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But uh, Notre Dame Navy, uh, Navy struggling at two and five. I contend they're better than that two and five record indicates, but uh, Notre Dame will make some changes on the offensive line, as revealed by Pete Sampson on Monday. Um, Aaron Banks will start at left guard. Trevor Rulin will be at right guard. Tommy Kramer will share that position, theoretically, or based upon what Brian Kelly said the other day. And Jafar Armstrong and Troy Pride Jr. expected to be back in the lineup. Yeah, I think Pride Jr. is all the way back in the lineup. I think Listening to the way Brian Kelly described Jafar Armstrong would make me think he's five carries back in the lineup. Which uh, is fine. Yeah, yeah, because against Northwestern, you would like him to be 15 carries yep. back in the lineup, and that, that seems reasonable. And there's not... Unless Tony Jones has some mysterious ankle injury that gets re-aggravated today or tomorrow, um, it's just not a game where you need Jafar Armstrong at peak efficiency. But at some point in November, you will. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was led to believe that Kelly was not exaggerating his status, and that he would, um, you know, he, he'd be full go. So we'll we'll see. I mean, I, here's the thing. Brian Kelly said uh, they they practiced on Monday, so that was really his first look at him back in action. So I just, I just think as long as he's full go throughout November, yeah, that's this gets him in the, his feet wet, right. no matter what. You well, know, it's. I, I don't think you need to. Debut too many packages against Navy because I think lining up with what you have should score enough points in this game. Yeah, I really think that, I mean, you know, we all know what their offense can do to any defense, but I really think that this year of all years, Navy's going to have real difficulty stopping Notre Dame. Ian Book is a key factor. I mean, Houston scored at will against them at times and quickly uh, as well. There, we have a question on uh, time of possession that we'll address in segment two, but. You know, I think Navy's a little bit better than indicated. They were they were winning the the Houston game twenty four fourteen. Um, you know they they had they were winning the uh, they were winning the Temple game in the third quarter. They got hammered by Air Force. I don't know what the deal was there. They just didn't come to play. That was they a got hammered score by them. But, uh, you know, Pete, you had mentioned a controversial play that actually came in an SMU game, the 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 overtime game in which it was like a tackle-eligible throw, and they debated it and, and reviewed it, and they eventually gave it to them. And that was after Navy had scored in their the first possession of overtime to take the lead, and they went and, and SMU went for the win, and they got it. But uh, there was a 50-yard touchdown for Navy that was called back in that game. They also gave up a 98-yard kick return uh, for a touchdown as well. So, I mean, certainly not one of Ken Niamatololo's better Navy teams. That was also the case last year. But they have some assets at quarterback. They have Notre Dame guessing a little bit. I guess you you could say Garrett Lewis will do the bulk of the 
the quarterbacking for them. And we don't know where Malcolm Perry is with his leg injury. So you're saying Notre Dame or Navy's better than two or five, but they're probably not better than three or four. Um, they could be as good as four and three, considering who they're playing, but not better than that. Yes, okay. they're not yeah. Navy of fifteen, thirteen. They're right. not Navy of the Keenan Reynolds years, and even the Will Worth year. It, sometimes we forget that was actually a good Navy team to beat Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame was bad, and that's yeah. what contributed to it. They had a really good freshman safety. Yeah, they're four and eleven in their last fifteen games. They're in a little, they're in a bit of a not a bit. They're in a major downswing for Niamatololo's era because you know he had built. Not only a machine that played well, as Ryan Kelly aptly pointed out, against Notre Dame, but they were playing well against everybody for a couple of years. Like they yeah. were, they were a ten-win team going out and winning. They did win a bowl game last year, oddly, with that fall from grace because they started well. But they're just not operating the same level of efficiency. I contend, and this is no way Brian Kelly would answer this now or after the game, but maybe in the offseason. Moving Malcolm Perry to, to quarterback, I mean, they did it a little last year, and he lit the world on fire. But putting him at quarterback, you took him off the field at slotback. This sounds weird, but by doing that, there are other quarterbacks who can play the position are no longer in the game or as effective. Right. Zach A.B., who played quarterback last year against Notre Dame, Perry was hurt. Zach A.B., is, he's a blocking wide receiver or a short yardage quarterback. Now, he has like seven or eight touchdowns, but that's the short yardage quarterback. Yeah, I feel he's like only, they, only has 21 carries. They only have so many weapons, so long story, long-winded part of this here is that Malcolm Perry at quarterback, you could have had him on the field with one of these two quarterbacks, and if he's healthy, that's what Notre Dame will see which I think is Navy's best form of attack in this current triple option. Um, and I think that's why Brian Kelly said they're kind of fighting themselves with Lewis at quarterback now. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, they're not accustomed to, to being so inconsistent offensively. And in the last three second halves, they've been outscored 66 to 19. I mean, they're just not accustomed. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine yes, Navy scoring 19 points in – you know, six quarters of second halves. I mean, that's just not who they are, but that's who they are now. I mean, that's that's reality. And Pete, you mentioned on, on Monday about their um, their third down conversion issues. They're not doing great by Navy standards on fourth down either, which is usually a fourth and, and very, very short for them. Third is just huge, Pete. I mean, that's for them. This is That is... Right. That's <laughs> like, you can't... They If they're not top five in third down efficiency, that's bad. Um, because they have because it's all third and threes and third and twos. So either they're not picking up the third and shorts, or they're not getting to third and shorts to begin with. Right. So those are those are real issues. But I mean, there are there are a lot of stats that jump off the page with Navy. One of them is opponent completion percentage. They're 125th nationally. It's 66.4 percent. Ian Book's completing 75%. What I mean, <laughs> he's going to complete complete 92. percent There's just nothing about the matchup. That makes me think that Navy has a chance to upset Notre Dame, barring some really bizarre occurrences, because Ian Book should probably go 24 of 26 in the game. And if that happens, and as long as the two are not tipped past interceptions... Which they will be against Navy. Which falls into like <laughs> yes. the bizarre occurrences, uh, Notre Dame should be fine. It's just like, And I, I really feel this way about almost every game, save Syracuse, that it's a bad matchup for who Notre Dame is playing. Um, that's a good point. So th- this is just the first of a few of them. Um, and, and that's, I feel good about Notre Dame's chances to not only win on Saturday, but sort of win comfortably. Uh, you, uh, boy, when I, I'm thinking about what you just said there. I, I, I'm thinking about Florida state's defensive line against Notre Dame's offensive line, which is, I mean, obviously still in transition I'm in game eight. 
Florida State's offensive line versus Notre Dame. Well, that too. That too. <laughs> that's what I that thought too. of. Yeah, I, yeah, which is a bigger mismatch. Yeah. I, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, yards per carry. Northwestern is 129th nationally. And those are sacks. Which, including sacks. Which count. At 2.34 <laughs> yards. 128th is Florida State. Which includes sacks. So, that's yeah, that's not a good bad, matchup. No, that's, a bad, that's yeah. a bad offensive line. Point taken. Definitely. Um do we need to say anything more? Uh, you know, I mean, Navy has forced 15 turnovers. I don't know if that's, you know, I mean, is that more coincidence than actual skill? I, I, I'm I'm not really sure about that. I think that people, you know, you logically look at this and Notre Dame is either going to be on the borderline of covering or covering winning hand. We could all see them winning by a lot. But what Navy, what you've, the way Navy stays in these games against Notre Dame, and that's why even thrown out. The ridiculous nature of the 2016 game where Notre Dame had the ball six times and scored four touchdowns, but and still lost the game. It's they stay in the game by Notre Dame gets the ball first, drives all the way down the field, and somehow doesn't score a touchdown. I mean that can happen, but you, they, that's happened to Notre Dame a few times. You can have a great drive and install because you get sacked on second and three, and all of a sudden you don't convert on third right. and thirteen. And Navy goes down and scores, and there's one minute left, and it's seven three. You're trailing. That just keeps a team in the game, but then they need two more plays to stay in it. All these things have happened against Notre Dame in the past, but if Notre Dame can score, they usually can beat Navy. And these Notre, this Notre Dame team can score and will not bog down the way the Wimbush team did last year. They were a broken team that played Navy last year, too, after the Miami game. That was just, it was ugly. There was a pall over the stadium. It was a rough, rough game to watch. Uh, I don't think this Notre Dame offense can be stopped by Navy, even if it's one of those frustrating games where why is it 20-14 to 14 at the half, Notre Dame's only up six? Yeah. I think then it would be 40-20. to 20. Yeah, and that's, again, we have a question on, <coughs> on time of possession and stuff like that. I, I really don't, time of possession doesn't have to mean anything as long as you follow through and, as long and as score. You on a two-and-a-half-minute right. drive. Yeah, yes. I mean, even on the, the turnover stat, yeah, Navy's, Forced 15 turnovers. Well, five of them were against Lehigh and four more yeah. against Memphis. Those yeah. are their two wins. And they're and all Memphis, in, yeah, in their five losses, they forced six. So, well, and I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, you can do that with third down conversions as well. They were two of 13 against Air Force, and they were, I can't find it on this maze of writing here. Uh, you know, I'm, there's been like two games in which, uh, yeah, Navy was two of 13 against Air Force, five of 13 against Temple. Temple. They're fifty percent against Houston, which is actually not that great for them. Yeah, but Houston was eight of ten. <laughs> eight of ten. Yeah, that's, you, you score, you beat Navy. Normally, when you're Notre Dame, yeah. Navy has a defense that doesn't have those playmakers. Where when they beat Notre Dame, it's because they had a guy. You know, you would have was it Wyatt Middleton? Was it the safety that would make plays in, in mm-hmm. two thousand nine and yeah, ten? Yeah, and they have Sean Williams now. Was a good player. Yeah, they had a Lohi Gilman too. They did. <laughs> they won. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all you need is that one guy to make a play against Notre Dame. But I think with Ian Book, the balance the offense can have here, and being able to pass against Navy, who's just not defending the pass. I know people are probably having visions of Navy sitting in that two deep, letting them, letting Notre Dame pass the way down the field, and then clamping down. But it's it's really difficult to stop. It, Navy does not have the pieces to stop Notre Dame logically. Even in that two deep, where everything they keep everything in front of them. That's Ian Book is going to hit every single one of those passes, and guys can keep running. That's right. It's a matchup for Notre Dame's defense. I mean, a matchup for Notre Dame's offense against Navy's defense. It's usually you're like, why don't we blow them off the ball? Fans get mad. This would just be like, why would you not just throw touchdown passes well, all game long against this? They team? they will. It's Chip Long. He yeah. will. I mean, as much as Chip Long likes to run the football and get his forty rushes, you know he's going to come out winging a football More against his defense. Incompletions for me in book 
or touchdown passes. Prop bet. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow, that's a that's it's a that's a tough to take. I, if it's a real prop bet, it's, and is, is this payable at Manhattan Beach? I will go with more incompletions. Um, <laughs> we'll put some odds. Yeah. We need some odds. Three, put some odds. Three to one. Three beers first. Three beers for that's, touchdown passes. One beer for incompletions. I'll go with the incompletions to okay. try to get I'll take touchdowns for the three beers. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. We'll drink to that yeah. in segment two when we uh, get questions from our readers burning up the boards. Catanza Reed Financial Services is a safe harbor providing guidance to clients on anything that affects them financially, including retirement planning, asset management, and estate planning. Catanza Reed Financial Services also leads retirement planning classes in South Bend and Elkhart, Indiana. Log on to CatanzaReedFinancialServices.com. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider that is brought to us by Catanzari Financial Services. We start with Tim JG1987. The run from 2015 to 2018 looks to be the best four-year run at Notre Dame since the Lou Holtz era. Will we look back on this time similarly to the late 80s, early 90s as a high point, or is this a new normal for the program? Can you look at it that way? I do not compare it to that. <laughs> How so? That, I don't compare it to that run at well, all. I mean, it's the next best run. I mean, well, it's yeah. I mean, you're going to you're likely going to have three years out of four with double digit wins, and that just hasn't happened a whole lot since. Oh, Lou it's, Holtz. it's certainly the best four year run. Well, since it hasn't then. happened at all. Yeah, since it's, Lou it's, Holtz. it's yes. the best four. If he's saying yeah. is this the best four year run since then, and then it's going to go downhill like it did then. Then I get the point of the question. The run is nothing close to the run that. Well, it doesn't have to go downhill next year, right? Yeah, but the run is nothing close to that. So. We'll, we'll remove from that yeah. situation. Yeah, right I can't, it's, it's, am, it's, am I speaking a different language here? Because no, no. Because nothing close to that. No, okay. it's, well, I mean, it's, it, I think he's looking at, in yeah. terms of the, the double-digit winning seasons, but I can't include so, I can't include that or compare that when it when we're talking about four and eight season mixed in. I mean, just you could narrow it down. This will be, barring something really catastrophic, the first back-to-back double-digit win season since 92-93. And not a fluky would, one either. You know? But would you look at these two years in the same light as 92-93? Like, no, you guys no, know no, better no. than I do. And no. I, even I would say, like, are you crazy? Like, no way. But it's not, it's a good, it's, a, you know, assuming the 10, 10 11 win thing, it's assuming the 10 11 wins, it's not a fluky back to back either. They, they did no. really good. It's, it's not like, oh, how the, how the world does this team win 10 games? It was, wow, they were, they yeah. were really good last year, had a bad last month at your end of the month, and they've been really good all this year. You know, I mean, like, Notre Dame's in a good way right now. Yeah. And hopefully people who are fans are enjoying it. So the important part is, is this the new normal? Uh,. I hesitate to. I hesitate to. <laughs> Kelly's here. Let's say let's 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 jump on it. Four more years. I I mean I hesitate to say that just because it's so difficult to maintain at Notre Dame and it's been difficult for Brian Kelly yeah. to maintain it. It certainly looks that way. Um, Here's what I would say: in the next, if he stays four more years, they'll have two ten win seasons in those four years. Beyond this year. Yeah, not including not this, year. this year. I'm yeah. saying 2019, yeah. 2020. Then it's, then it's not necessarily the new normal, really. You want three, right? You want to... Sure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I think five out of eight would be a pretty good return be. on your investment if you're Notre Dame. It would be. Oh, yes. After the 16, good call. I know what you're saying. But from, that's really good. From Twitter, Piero BP. That's I'm probably butchering that completely. Brian Kelly mentioned self-scouting of the special teams, although he really only talked about the kickers beyond that. What other special teams changes do you expect to see over the upcoming weeks? I am not smart enough to tell you what they're doing schematically 
on special teams. So whatever we see on Saturday, if it's different, I'm not going to know what it is. Um, but I can't tell you who's playing and who's not. Uh, and so if they get into November and decide, like, we need to upgrade the talent that we have out there, um, I could see that being the case. Like, they certainly have – they haven't gone to that 2012, oh, Alabama has all these starters on special teams, which I don't think is true. But um, – there are plenty of walk-ons and third teams on spe- third teamers on special teams. Maybe you can upgrade that to second teamers and first teamers mixed in. The concern I would have is that their best tackler on special teams and their best tackler in the last eight years, or one of the two best tacklers the last eight years on special teams, is the guy that vacated his lane twice for touchdowns. So it's a bit of an issue that Chase Claypool. You're Chase not replacing Claypool. Chase Claypool because that's no. a terrible idea. But he did vacate both times. Right. So that's so that's the weird one. Was this last one? He did a pirouette when he got touched. I don't know what. He was thinking, and, and Pete pointed out there was a hold also on it that was not called, but you're going to get those on occasion. Yeah, and um, I mean, Jalen Elliott was in there. He's a starter. Yeah. Uh, Claypool was in there. He's a starter. And I think guys like, you know, a guy like Reagan was out there all last year. You wonder if they just don't think he's better than some of the guys out there. Yeah, now, he got a, sure. Did he get a concussion? It was he, 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 was out, he, right? he did not play in a Pittsburgh so game, correct? He, yeah, he was, he was in concussion there you protocol. Go. Just put him back in. Nobody gets anything. Yeah, he, 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 well, you know, Mo, uh, well, Mo, Moala was the guy that I presume replaced him. Uh, you know, I mean, right. other than... I thought Moala replaced Studstill, who has like been. Taken but hadn't Studstill been replaced prior to that? I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure. Whatever. But I mean, you know, Moala's a guy that that showed something. I, I don't. Other than and I, I know this is this is a big other than. But I mean, in between the Michigan kick return and the Pitt kick return, they were really good. Yeah. No. And, I, I and really, other than kick I, coverage. I mean, they, they haven't done anything necessarily really special kick return-wise, but, I mean, special teams have been pretty good. Those are two huge exceptions. Yeah, I think that... I don't know... You you and I both talked about how there was... Before that kick return, they've been really good on kickoff coverage, but it was, it was the reason they almost lost the pit game is the reason, yeah, Michigan, no, is yeah. the reason Michigan had I a mean, chance, so they're no longer really good. But I, I know what you're saying. You can't have... You can say there's one exception. You can no longer say there's two. As Pete pointed out, ten percent of the kicks that are returned have gone for touchdowns. So right, so that's like best stat in college football. Other than the <laughs> other than the twelve drinks I had, I was sober. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I was I was fine every other day that I didn't crash my car. <laughs> but I think that it's not an easy fix because I bet you they they want they, they want to use Dor instead of Yoon. Dor did this last year and he bounced back. I bet you Dor doesn't have these problems in practice. I bet he puts the ball exactly where they want him to put it. If he had these problems in practice, he wouldn't be playing in games. Good like call. there are no game day tryouts. Yeah, that's true. And I and that's why I said I think we said this after the pit game that you know you can probably and I understand you want to try to get Justin Yoon in there on critical kickoffs from here on out. There probably aren't critical kickoffs this weekend against Navy per se. So can you stay with Dor this week, provided that he. You know, does a, a, a good job in on kickoffs during practice. You probably can. He's gonna he's gonna be perfect this week, and then it's gonna be four degrees in Northwestern next week, and the yeah. ball's gonna be bouncing at the thirty. Well, line but the, but then you've given then you've given you yeah. a little bit additional more time additional time to recover from a groin injury, which Brian Kelly specifically stated on Tuesday. Uh, but I get you know he still got to he still has to work on. On field goals, so he's not. They don't shut him down completely. We don't have a big fix for you on special teams, other than maybe getting exactly who they want back in coverage and Chase Claypool not vacating a lane because he yeah. can't come off the field. He's he's too good at 
what he does. He's a great punt coverage. Like and, is like Tariq Bracey, Troy Pride, Julian Love, some combination of those guys. Could I see them more involved? Two of the three or one of the three? Probably more two of the three. I would, that would be a, an upgrade in personnel, maybe. Um, but there's just the schematics of it. I, I'm just not really sure what the what the fix would be. This is a topic for Thanksgiving week podcast, but you mentioned Alabama and the starters. Brian Kelly did that in 15 at Stanford by putting Jalen Smith out there, and you will see Drew Tranquil and Julian Love covering kicks at USC if they're 11 and Yes, up. yes. They're all, that will be the all-hands-on yeah, deck. And they absolutely. might want to start that a little earlier, even if they're 10-0, you know, if you're ready. Uh, again, we're, 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 we continue to overlook playing against Florida State. I, I Florida State's been my uh, team to worry about for no good reason whatsoever for the last two months. There's just, I think that they have... They're above 500. <laughs> they're above 500. <laughs> a, Navy's not. Uh, at, go ahead for Twitter at Mr. One Focus Guy. Do you think Chip Long would benefit from sitting in the press box so we could have a better viewpoint and can react to the defense better? What we think has nothing to do with it. I mean, I, I Chip Long think, right? yeah, I mean, yeah. Chip Long feels better on the field. I, I, I get the the vantage point. You do have you do have two offensive coaches upstairs that he's communicating with. Um, you know, Tom 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 Reese being one of them who could identify a coverage about as well as any Notre Dame quarterback in history. He couldn't always execute it, but could identify it. And so I'm sure that he's, you know, he's up there giving them all the communication and all the information that he needs. But it, it comes down to comfort, a comfort zone for Chip Long. And if he prefers to be on the field, he should be on the field. Yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of one of those things we ask about in August and we get an answer and the answer is totally irrelevant. It makes no difference whether you're on the field or in the box. Like, I understand why a defense coordinator would be more likely to be upstairs, but they've had defense coordinators on the field, too. He was a good one, too, the last guy that was down there. there. But it's like, <laughs> just kidding. But it's like, if Brian Van Gorder was in the box, yeah. nothing would have changed. Like, it would have been no. exactly the same. You Maybe would, it would have been more confusing. You would have had know. that great meme. That's true. You would not have the fist pump. But now we have the Clark Lee, <laughs> Jeff from uh, the Pittsburgh game. I mean, it's like... It, it's just you made Clark Lee seem like a, a less successful defensive coordinator with that sound. <laughs> That's how he looked. Though. I mean, it was so hilarious. Like for Brian Kelly saying, "Like hello, anybody in the press box?" That didn't look like a "hello, anybody in the press box" type of situation, which that was great. So, yeah, it's on the field in the box. I don't. I don't think it matters. Clearly, he prefers it. Otherwise, Brian Kelly. I'm sure Brian Kelly has suggested you want to go up in the box like other offensive coordinators. Yeah. Chip Long doesn't want to. It, 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 it's hard to yell at somebody from the box. They don't hear you. He <laughs> <laughs> likes to be part of the screen. Chip Long enjoys doing that yeah. part of it too. Uh, Murph JD, from listening to you guys, the biggest problems on the offensive line have been Tommy Kramer's immobility, Liam Eichenberg's inconsistency, and a banged up right tackle. So, in order to fix the line, they put in a new left guard. Well, a new left guard might be a new right guard. So those two things kind of work together if Rulin rotates or plays more than Kramer. Um, but there's not, a, there's not a solution at tackle. And I have, <laughs> I have asked around about Josh Lug because I think it's kind of one of those developments that's, that was your guy. people were hot on him yeah. in the summer. And then in training camp, he was running with the first team when Kramer was a little banged up. And then he played once at Michigan. He busted on a couple plays, and then we never saw him again. And basically what I've been able to gather is just like in practice, just hasn't been getting it done, and Aaron Banks has. Like, it, very rarely will, a co- like, will Brian Kelly get up there and just say, like, 
when I ask, why is player A playing instead of player B? When the answer is really, player A is better. Yeah. I mean, I think people are... Or are, playing better. Or playing yeah, better. Yeah. I mean, people are, I think, clinging to this Josh Lug thing. And well, they can cling to it for a while. He's a redshirt. Well, yeah, but... Just not right. No, I get yeah, it. But, I mean, year. the comparison right now is to Aaron Banks, and Aaron Banks is practicing better. So, and not only is he practicing better, but he's practicing better than Tommy Kramer's playing, so he's moving into the yeah. starting lineup. I, I don't I don't think it means that Josh Lug isn't going to be a good offensive lineman. No, but absolutely. but there is no, right, but there is there should be no mystery here. The the answer is Aaron Bart Aaron Banks is playing better. And yeah. I, I have a good I have a uh, list here of the things we have found to be the biggest problem in the offensive line. I'm gonna go in reverse order for what they are. The banged up right tackle is four. Liam Michaelberg's inconsistency is three. Tommy Kramer's Immobility and ability to stay on his feet is two, and not having Alex Bars is one. Yeah, that's the biggest right. problem on this, and that's why. Yeah, and you can't. Things. I mean, you, you don't. You can't. You don't completely overhaul an offensive line. You have to tweak on an offensive line. Chemistry is so difficult to attain that you can't suddenly. Okay, we're struggling, so we're going to put three new faces in there. That's only. That's going to make it worse. So, the Bars injury. I, anyone that glosses over the Bars injury. He was the best player on the offense. I mean, I know now Ian Book could be, but it'd be great to have two best players on the offense. I mean, he was far and away the best player on the offense when he was out there. It's better to have better players than not <laughs> yes, good players. I mean, Is that what you're saying? But he was—he had taken his level from last year where he was the fourth and a half best offensive no, lineman no doubt. to no doubt. easily the best offensive lineman on the team yeah. this year. That is just a big jump. On our, was, on our podcast on Monday, like Alex Bars would have been my vote for most improved. Yes. But yeah, he's not yeah, playing anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, no doubt. Uh, at Runny Syrup, no injury is good, but from a glass half full perspective, did Jafar Armstrong's absence finally give Notre Dame the confidence in Dexter Williams as a three down back? I think that's a good question because um, it, Dexter Williams was just not a guy that was that popular with the staff. Um, and they played him because they had to play him. And they, they're, like, as Brian Kelly said after the Stanford game, I was thinking more like five to ten carries. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Was, not 180 not yards. 20, what what like did? 20, yeah, I think he hit 20 carries. Yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, Jafar's injury forced them to play Dexter Williams. Um, now, if Jafar is totally healthy and Tony Jones is totally healthy, are they going to keep riding Dexter Williams for 15 to 20 carries? Probably not. But As long as he gets 12. Yeah. He, he needs the ball. I think that he has established himself to that level. The 12, the 12 carries, and he's good enough that the coaches, if Dexter Williams isn't playing, Brian Kelly would be like, why isn't Dexter in the game? And I don't think that right. thought would have ever hit Brian Kelly before. He forgot he existed against right. Georgia last year when the, when nothing was working. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point, but I want to give Dexter Williams a little credit for that pit game because he did nothing that the fans will possibly remember. And a day the offensive line did not do well. He churned out six first downs running the football. I mean... That's surprising to me. You know, that's a day where... And some of them are for five, some are for, for three, and some are for one and two. But those matter. Those re- really mattered in that game. Yeah. I, I mean, that's... He actually had three first downs on their <clears throat> touchdown... On their Miles um, Boykin touchdown drive. So that's... That kept it going. Yeah, it's... Re- He's learning a little bit how to, how to get the tough yards, too. N- no doubt. And is he a... Is he great in pass protection? No, but I think he's been aggressive in game and the opportunities that he's been in. I think it's a great question, and it, you know, 
through seven games, it's like things have just worked out for Notre Dame at running back this year. I mean, it, it was it was unclear. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's been real. Things have really, really worked out from a timing standpoint. And you know, I this mean, is it, their it, first game together. Jafar Armstrong and Dexter Williams. So it could be their first game. Month. Yeah, it could be their first month together, and it could be a good look for Notre Dame. No doubt. Jones is a fine number three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no that, doubt. No doubt about it. And you can and you want to talk about you have the element of surprise in a passing game with him, him coming off the bench. Uh he's run t- usually when he's you know, when he's not getting a lot of activity or a lot of action, that's when he runs his hardest, uh, this year anyway. Have we addressed this? I don't know if we addressed this in a podcast or not, but uh, at Struggle Bus Gus, any updates on Myron Tagovailoa Amosa? No, I mean just that. I well, think the last question was that so it was he, two weeks ago today. He of, was just sort of on pace for late November. I thought I thought Brian Kelly said a, it was two weeks ago today. He said a month. I thought he said a month. So two more so, weeks would be you know, to head into the Florida State game, which is about where we thought he would right. be coming. Where so they projected the ten, for him to come ten back. Ten weeks exactly, right from the surgery. Yeah, so it's probably. Uh, I mean, it's probably, probably more game. like maybe Syracuse, uh, yeah. which would. We discussed it briefly by with Pete. We kind of made the point of: Do you bring him back for Syracuse, USC, and the playoff game? And someone said, "Well, what about the other playoff game?" And Pete said, "What about? How about it? you try to win the national championship with Myron and Tagovailoa-Mosa on right. your team?" I don't know. The twenty twenty one depth chart is <laughs> so. If he could come back for Syracuse, if he could play against Florida State yeah. for two minutes, now, yeah, no, if if they're in a playoff game and he gets the other extra month after getting three games under his belt and has already burned eligibility, he is playing in the playoff yes, game. Absolutely. And it's so much better than having him available for 2021. If somebody asks about that, somebody will. I'm going to let out an audible groan. Well, they're rec- they're, the they are recruiting pretty well at defensive tackle, too. So yes. I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't. Wor- I, and, you know, no, we should I, ask a- Brian Kelly if he wants to save him instead of playing in the playoffs yes. for the 2021 <laughs> team. Now, look, it, we're, we're, we're making fun. But, I mean, it, it's, I, it's a natural, I think, natural first reaction. People love but then you realize, yeah, I know. <laughs> right. Sometimes oh, yeah. it means, I mean, sometimes this isn't playing Kona Schwenke when he's 60 pounds overweight at Purdue. Yeah, Romeo Quara. Right. This I mean, is a guy that it will help your team yeah. when he's healthy and immensely. So we, yeah. we don't really have a specific answer to the question, but it, it was two weeks ago today. I'm, I'm pretty sure he yeah. said about a month. He well, kind of. a week ago. We weren't there. No, so, yeah. no, I mean, it was definitely two weeks ago today that he addressed it. Um, but specifically, so log- logically, Syracuse, you could maybe he could play decent snaps football, right? You wouldn't think you're going to throw him out right. there after the surgery. No. He's fine. And, and if you are fortunate enough to get to the national championship, and that's game five for him, we recommend you go for it. That's uh, the point of playing. Yeah, not not Jay Tafel one. Point of playing. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. Not Jay Tafel one. Are you worried about Clark Lee's lack of experience against triple option? Defending against it is a completely different animal. You know, I hadn't even thought about it because he was there last year, but now I would think that maybe if Navy comes up with... They usually will have a little wrinkle. Adjusting to that wrinkle is the most important thing for him, but he was there last year for the... In the yeah, but he yeah. didn't have to make the... No, he didn't. He That's did why the not wrinkles, have to make that decision about adjusting to that wrinkle. That's what I'm saying. The wrinkle is the thing now. I don't. I think they'll have a good game plan going in, and these guys have played it a lot. Um but the wrinkle is the thing, and, and Neymar. But we also didn't think going into the season. You know, I, I mean, that was one of the things I said. He doesn't. He's never made an in-game adjustment. But true or not, I think it must be because I think a player echoed what Brian Kelly said that Davy started running some things they hadn't seen on tape since 2009. In last year's game, and I've got to watch a lot of Navy tape to find that stuff. <laughs> I mean, that would be a uh, who would watch that? I, I guess, 
<laughs> you know, the other thing is, I mean, Mike Elston's got a little bit of experience yeah, yeah. dealing with this as well, and that's a that's a good guy. I'm sure for Clark Lee to, to lean on a little it's bit a good in the I game and this way. Yeah. No, it, it is a good question. We like to judge people's questions here too. Sometimes yeah. we do. <laughs> that was a good one because we because we sometimes make fun of them, and that's not a nice and thing and to we do. We should point out that Struggle Bus did not ask if they were going to redshirt MTA. He just wants them yeah. to play. No, he's, and he's probably right with us. And I, Str- Struggle Bus is on a bit of a run here, yeah. getting into our uh, getting into the questions on our podcast. Golden by name. Prediction. How many tackles does Grim Martini have this week versus Navy? And who is this year's Grim Martini? See, I told you Grim Martini was playing. No, he will not be playing. On top of the question, how many tackles did Grim Martini have against the option? And that's not just Navy. Against the option. I mean, like like, three career highs, wasn't it? Total tackles. Like about 45% of his career. 61 tackles against the option in his career. Oh, (laughs) Georgia Tech. I'm Georgia Tech. Yeah. And an Army game. There's an Army game in there, too. Yeah. He had 61 tackles. Um, Pass defended. He was just everywhere. We had a couple couple questions on this, and and somebody's like, well, you know, who's the guy that's suddenly going to jump? I don't think it's going to be suddenly somebody that jumps up. And Martini was... Was the exception to the rule when it came to, <laughs> it so to to playing against option football? But the guy that's playing his position is the one that I think will be the leading tackler, and that's Drew Tranquil, who is the and master at understanding fifth sixth game against the option too. I'm just saying, the Green Bay Packers are at the L.A. Rams this weekend. <laughs> How hard would it be to get Greer Martini down? He could play to a San much Diego. right. He could play a much and right. pretend that he's Bo Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta go there? You know that uh, Ken Niamatololo would immediately notice Graham Martini yeah. out there, however, because he even said to Brian Kelly, "Is that guy gone after yeah. last year's game?" He literally. Oh, said, he did say that. He said that, to Brian Kelly, "Is forty-eight graduating?" Yeah. Well, I, okay. So I get back to get back to reality here. Tranquil, who I, you know, I'm always pointing out as a guy that, you know, I can like you can always tell that. Okay, he saw that on film. He diagnosed that, and you, as you point out, he's played a lot against. Yeah, this is at least five. Yeah, I think he missed one. Navy. Uh, he missed the Navy fifteen game, but he played in the two and sixteen, the Georgia Tech game. He tore his ACL. The Navy fourteen yeah. in the second half. Right, Georgia Tech. So this is his fifth and a half the game. That's pretty good. I think Drew Tranquil is probably good for about seventeen tackles. <laughs> yes, yes. And he's, Coney, I mean Coney, obviously is going to. Be, let, let's try to figure out the lineup. So Gilman will be the one high if they go with that again instead of yeah. Love. Love stays where he belongs there. Troy Pride's on the other side. You keep your corner. You still use your corners. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So then you're removing, I mean, is Jalen Elliott in the box? Or is there, you're going four no, units. I would almost, yeah. Instead of Bilal? It's a, you wonder if, like, the best defense is, like, actually nickel personnel, but with Julian Love as your nickel. And then you have Bracey and Pride as your corners. Elliott and Gilman are your safeties. Because it's not like you need the physical advantage of, like, brute size out there you need guys who have super high football IQs and Julian Love is with Julian Love and Tranquil combination with Gilman that is really high end but that's can a, you that's but, a good but you put it but you're putting Bracy out there then who probably has a high IQ as football IQ as well because he's playing as a freshman I was wondering if that position is the you have two assignments but you have two reads at corner. Yeah. It's yeah, like, it could. Yeah, yeah. Stay home or your guy's going. Yeah. <laughs> you if, gotta get if you're it's, capable of getting off a block. That's what it is. You're right? fine. Yeah. The rest of it is just paying attention, which doesn't happen all the at, time. At that spot. Yeah. Obviously, corners. love and tranquil and that cone would have been interesting. That's There's very fun. little to read. It I is the, one of the fun games where you get to watch changing alignments and stuff for Notre Dame's defense and wonder what they're going to do because normally yeah. they trot it out there. I put me down for a vote for not putting Bracey out there because you can then you yeah, can no, you can isolate them in the passing game or something and I. 
I, I just that you know risk and re- rewards kind of deal with that. Uh, at at Nick Kelleher, uh, is there a scenario where Navy's defense stymies the offense enough to keep this game interesting in the fourth quarter? No, I think red zone turnover, uh, red zone field goal, and a punt. That'd be it, right? They're driving. They're driving. No name is driving. So red zone turnover, red zone field goal, and a they're at fourth and fifteen at the forty, and Kelly's like, you know what? We're just going to punt this thing. And that's three possessions. Let's say you get eight. It's 35 to 17 still. No, but it could be uh, – that's the way you do it, right? Nordium's going to drive, you level their possessions, and you get a turnover in a red zone field goal. Right, and you say, see, Navy had 15 turnovers forced <laughs> for coming into yes. this game, and, and so there was something to that. I, I, you know, I mentioned this in the first segment. I think – I mean, the answer to the question is, uh, of course, something can happen here, and we've seen it too many times with Navy, but I think Chip Long comes out hurling the football. Um you know, which which then in turn, which then in terms uh, in in turn allows them to 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 run the football theoretically, yeah. um, but don't you? I mean, if you saw if you saw the Houston game, I mean, there are dudes running open all over the place, and I and with Ian Book, I think you're going to have a similar scenario. Yeah, it's 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 a game for two ten catch receivers, probably. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Boykin and Mack or Claypool and Boykin or even you know. Yeah, he, sp- yeah. Uh, he spreads the football too much to, 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 to... I mean, he might have 32 completions. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's it's possible. You're trying to get those three beers now, Pete. Mm-hmm. 32 completions. Working on that's, it. I mean, they can possess the ball. They No matter what, everyone's... Like last year, Notre Dame really played a defense that kept Navy on the field, too. That's what frustrated Notre Dame fans. It was... They held them to under... At four yards of carry, but Navy was happy to get that. And Navy was converting. So let, if Navy converts this year... This game better than they have this year on third and fourth down. They'll have a better game. Like I still remember Brandon Wimbush missing Stefferson in the first half on that crossing route by five yards. Like that's a touchdown, right? One hundred percent of the time with Ian Book. So it's like I think if you had started this year's Ian Book against Navy last year, Notre Dame would have won by twenty points. Do you know what Notre Dame is ranked in third down conversions defensively? I do not. I'm going to double check. I mean, no, I'm going. No, I'm, you going, no, I'm looking up for the oh, first time. You were asking me. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to double check, and then I'll correct myself yeah. if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, where is it? That Notre Dame is ranked 86 in the country. In, in is that correct? Defensive third. Oh, that's offense. 86. <laughs> this is a podcast. Yeah, Keep no, it rolling. You Keep it rolling. Two pages of yellow notes over yeah. here. <laughs> that was a good. No, I so, can't find it. It's was, on there. Notre Dame is 83rd in third down defensive <laughs> conversions. Uh, it's it's not horrible at 40.5 percent, but they're 83rd. That is 83rd. Weird. The 40.5 percent doesn't can, sound 83rd to me. That's odd. And uh, it, well, it, there's yeah. you know November it starts. Uh, sure. Those those numbers will will alter a little bit in the last five weeks of the season. But yeah, I mean when you think of all the strengths that Notre Dame has. You'd never guess that they're 83rd in the country in third down efficiency. No, you wouldn't. Um, I want to go back to how you stay close if you're Navy. Notre Dame had the ball for one minute and 42 seconds in the third quarter last year. That would be one way to stay close if you're Navy. Possess the football for the entire third quarter. I mean, Navy. That's right. That's, Navy beat Houston in time of possession by 25 right. minutes. Okay, yeah. well, I want to let's get to the next question because I want to address that. Uh, it's from at Brun underscore DMC. What is the realistic number of drives slash time of possession for Notre Dame against Navy? Last weekend, Houston only had the ball for 17 minutes and 27 seconds. I Time of possession, I almost don't care. 
Um, I'm going to tell you why you don't care about time of possession. Drives I do. um, Yes. I think eight drives and up is fine. Eight is like under a little bit of pressure to be efficient with it, but if you can get nine or ten. If you can get to ten, yeah, I think you're in. Yeah, Notre Dame had last year nine possessions, but that includes kneeling down at the end. Minute 21 left, which is relevant because they stopped Navy on fourth down in the red zone. Right. Would have been an important possession. Six, famously, in 2016, 11 in 15, 13 in 14, 10 in 13, 9 and 9 when they got hammered in 2010. And they scored one of their touchdowns on that last drive in 2010 when they got a That's six in, tw- in 2016 it's, is ridiculous. It's incredible. That's outrageous. <laughs> yeah. And, they didn't, and famously, one of them ended in a field goal. Yes, yes, one did end in a field goal. Okay, well, okay. Houston had the ball less than 18 minutes. They had touchdown drives of 75 yards, 75 yards, 75 yards, 88, 71, 54. The time of possessions were 157, 201, 27 seconds, 320, a minute 25, and 302. The time of possession does not matter. It's following through and scoring on 75%. I mean, if you only have eight, Notre Dame does score fast too. I think. I mean, yeah, I and think they do. Right. Score fast. Right. Like, right. Notre Dame, if they have eight possessions, they'll score six touchdowns. Maybe five touchdowns in one field. Right. I agree with you. Eight. That's, t- thir- that's thirty-eight points. Navy's not scoring thirty-eight points in the game. Eight is a great cutoff and a realistic cutoff. Yeah. Say, obviously, if Notre Dame gets twelve, they're going to kill them. But the, but if they have, if they get eight possessions, you figure they can win the game and enough to three t- three touchdowns is no longer a cover. So we have to differentiate that a little bit, but. They get eight to nine. If they get nine possessions, they're winning by three touchdowns. If they get eight, they should win. I need to lock. I need to lock in my pick on Tuesday because those lines are messing with me. <laughs> you know, like the fact that it keeps going up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're well, picking I, a team and you're I, losing if the I place, if I actually uh, bet, then I guess I could lock yeah. it in, but I don't because have you seen my record? <laughs> you're doing well last year, though. Yeah, I'll bring it back to that. Yep. At Big Mac twenty four, do you realistically see Notre Dame ever walking away from the Navy series? Ever's a long time, uh, but no. Uh, I mean, phrase the way the question is, Notre Dame walking away, no. Now, if Navy said, hey, (laughs) we don't think that this works for us anymore for this reason, this reason, and this reason, would Notre Dame jump on that? Perhaps. But this is a Father Hesburgh thing, and you don't go, right? You don't go against what Father Hesburgh established and what Navy did for Notre Dame many, many years ago. Play them. It's not that hard to do. I just, <laughs> I mean, really. it is, no, it is hard. No, <laughs> it is hard. It is hard to do. It's hard to play them. It is hard to play them. But you can other team. I mean, what? Pitt gives them problems. Going to walk away from that series? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> this is, no. this, yeah, but drives me crazy. No, I mean, it's it's the unconventional. That, it is that, that prompts that line of thinking. And I, you know, I've said I don't. I, from a football standpoint, I don't think you should play. But I also understand the, the Notre Dame standpoint, and I, it comes back to Father Hesburgh and. Notre Dame is never going to, well, never is a long time. Uh, I can't envision Notre Dame initiating the conversation that says, hey, Navy, we don't want to do this anymore. I embrace the, I don't know what you're saying. It was at least four years ago now. Brian was like, <laughs> how about we just quit complaining about the cut blocks and deal with them and play them? Right. That and that's the, best, a, that's the best thing he said absolutely. about this. It's still, I mean, it's annoying. Of course it is when you're getting cut. As we sure. always joke, when Navy's good and we're covering a Notre Dame game somewhere else and you look up and, Navy's ripping up someone that's ranked 17th. Like, yeah, it's not that fun to have some dude running full speed in your knee, is it? Because yeah. we know how hard it is to play them by covering them every year. But I just don't think it makes any sense. The, the PR of walking away from the Navy series is ridiculous. Okay. and Right? Well, it's also like it. the Navy series is very on brand with Notre Dame, too, because it's 
Mutual they're respect. playing in San Diego. They're playing in New York. They're playing in Florida. They're playing in Baltimore. They're playing in D.C. They're playing in Ireland. Like, Navy really lets Notre Dame sort of get a Shamrock Series game in before there was the Shamrock Series. Um, I mean, I know these are Navy home games, but Notre Dame does not care about that at all. It's Notre Dame gets to sort of... I don't know if they have a say in the game being in San Diego necessarily, but they're. I think they're basically open to Navy taking this game wherever they want to take it, and Notre Dame is, is thrilled about that. That's a, it's a positive of the series. It's interesting. Th- uh, how many games have these two teams played? You might not be speaking the Commons fans' language right there, though, when you say that. No, yeah. <laughs> like, Branding, shut up! This is the 90th or so game between these two teams. 34 have been in Notre Dame Stadium. 29 were in or I'm sorry, 22 were in Baltimore, 11 were in Cleveland. When I was a kid growing up, Cleveland, Philadelphia was where they were always played. Uh, I never remember Cleveland. That's interesting. Yeah, well, 70s, I mean, I was, 70s, yeah. yeah, I was, I was pretty young Cleveland, but Philly was was always common. New Jersey seven times, Dublin twice, Maryland twice, um, San one Diego never played. Yeah, yeah, it looks like one more Dublin. Every few years, we get news to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, predictions, guys. I like. I like Notre Dame to win comfortably, but I did like them to win comfortably against Pittsburgh as well. Um, but you know, kind of in the forty-two ten range, I just that is very comfortable. I don't, I just don't really like the matchup for yeah. Navy at all. Um, and I, Ian Book was good, but maybe not as efficient as his completion percentage would suggest against Pittsburgh. Um, but I think he's in the not linear development of a quarterback. Pittsburgh was down. I think Navy will yeah, be up. This is, a, this is a this is a big up. I think. Yeah, big big step up in terms of that line, uh, Tim. I just give a little more credence to the something weird happens in this game, and Navy looks better on offense than they normally do. Yeah, but I still have it in the thirty-seven seventeen. No, I just want to make Notre Dame not covering three touchdowns, kind of with my score, if that makes sense. Thirty-seven seventeen. I don't feel like. I don't think. The Navy Notre Dame game rare, rarely goes according to Hoyle, and it hasn't happened since 2012. I don't know if 2012 was planned to be that easy when they killed them. But the, I mean, that's it's just a hard. Yeah, and that's when they gave that's when they gave up ten in that game, and I, that's what I was going to say. Hard to I don't get away know. From them. Right? I mean, I you know ten. I just gosh, I just don't. I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can comfortably say they only scored ten points. Uh, I, I think it, yeah, I think it's more. Points, I think it's more like. Yeah, I think it's more like upper teens. When I look at th- when you say thirty-seven, I can't imagine how Notre Dame only scores thirty-seven. But I feel like it all plays into Navy having the ball in Notre Dame. I know. Having red zone. No, I, Dame, I know. Look, they had a red zone possession against Pitt last week, where they had first and goal. Think dropped a pass, sack, sack, field goal. That's possible, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. these all these things happen. It's, they're not. They're not the Patriots. It's, it's, you could break down. They're not. Yeah. No, but I, I'm I'm really really convinced that Ian Book's going to have a lot of time to throw. When he wants to. Other uh, prediction is you might change your flight from Thursday to Wednesday night, possibly, Tim, just to... Uh, no, that's, that's, has been recorded. <laughs> that's, not, that's not true. That's not true. I want to go on Wednesday, but no. Heading out Thursday. <laughs> Thank you guys for allowing us to do this today, and uh, I hope everybody enjoys the podcast today early. Tim? I am 20 hours... Nope, I am 18 hours away from getting the text I've been waiting for for three years. And what would that be? Your seat... Assignment is ready to be claimed on my phone from American Airlines because <laughs> I am checking in, man, and I'm checking out. It was so. pretty exciting when I got the alert during the press yes. conference yesterday from TripIt. It was like, attention, your trip to San Diego is starting soon. Pete's like, I've been waiting for this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we will all, uh, we're all making the trip, as we just said. You'll see us, Tim and me, myself, on the field at 
San Diego County Credit Union Stadium. I will not be saying that in the I can I continue to try to say it and I can't do it, so I should stop saying it. We'll see you in San Diego on Saturday. Thanks everybody. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.